Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The time has come. Are you ready to vote? This is it. A giant red wave that we've all been hearing about. If they take control of the house, they want to get rid of everything we just did. Gone. Take our country back. That's exactly what we're going to do. Be patient while votes are being counted. Too close to call. A very big announcement. Tuesday. Get out the vote. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Was that Elizabeth Warren there at the end? It's too close to call. <laughs> what was the question? Are you an Indian or a But I Caucasian? tell you what's not too close to call is whether she's a, a lick Indian. <laughs> I don't think one 1,024th is uh, qualified. Election Day 2022. I've got an insider who's working at one of the precincts uh, for the board of elections and um she is saying that is uh someone very close to me uh the the numbers at this one precinct that i think overall is is probably a fairly good reflection of what's going on uh at all the precincts uh across eastern north carolina across the state for that matter maybe across the country uh the numbers are um a little bit uh, well they're very close to to 2018 numbers um they are far greater than the 2014 numbers in terms of voter turnout but what is really significant is she indicates that uh, it is overwhelming republican and uh, and she's and then that's not just a guess she she actually is working there and a uh, little inside baseball information you know I, 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 and it was interesting she said earlier in the day that it's uh the greatest number coming in are Republicans. The second greatest are unaffiliated, and the third, third, and clearly third, were the Democrats. And you know, we were talking before we went on the air. I've got a theory that if you're a Republican and you decide to go unaffiliated, it's because you don't think that the Republican Party is conservative enough. There's too many rhinos, and you're sick of the rhinos. You're still going to vote for the conservative. If you're a Democrat and you leave the Democrat Party. I would think you're leaving, and this is just a theory of mine, but I would think you're leaving because you think they're a bunch of wackos and they're just too, too liberal and they've just gone off the left cliff and you're going to come in. Are, are, if, after you've left that party, are you going to turn around and then vote for them? I, I, I mean, I, I, I have no empirical evidence, just a hunch, but my hunch is that uh, when, when people go unaffiliated, the Democrats are sick of their party. The Republicans are sick of their party, but they're not sick of their ideology mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of being a conservative. Um, well, I, I mean, I'm an example. You know, I left the Democrat Party years ago, and I think I left because it left me just because the candidates and their platform was getting so far left. There's just no way I could support it any longer. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, nationwide, I think the fastest segment of uh, voters is unaffiliated. And North Carolina yeah. no exception. That now, Well, that's the biggest group. Yeah, biggest group. And. And uh, I, I, to your point, I think it's more people <clears throat> either that have not been involved in politics and just, you know, hey, I, you know, it's always a, a tribal mentality. If they've never been involved in politics, they say, you know, oh, I don't want to join a tribe. I'll just be unaffiliated. But I think it's also a lot of a lot of people that are leaving the Republican Party out of you know out of fear of being labeled a Republican as well. But now, if you're a Democrat and you've been a Democrat through these last four or five election cycles and you don't want to leave you either uh, are benefiting financially or you are a far left (laughs) loon 
I, I hate to say it, but uh, that's just uh, that's just uh, facts. Or you're or you're still drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, and there's some people that don't want to give up those, you know, those those in, invitations to parties and the key to the congressional liquor cabinet and and that type of thing. And, and they will they will just uh, it's it's more about uh, not li- leaving their fraternity. Telling it like it is. Carolina Journal is reporting that the North Carolina State Board of Elections overall no major problems. They did have an emergency meeting today at two thirty to extend voting for three precincts that experienced delays. Those are three precincts across the entire state. The three precincts are only going to be opened an extra hour because of significant delays. The precincts in question were one in our listening area, the Wilson County uh, Saratoga Fire Station precinct. Uh, then there was another precinct in uh, Columbus County and a third in Robeson County. And uh, so they will be opened an hour uh, late. The um, And three out of the many, many precincts. Yeah, three out of 100. Well, you know, no, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, how many precincts are yeah, there? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, dozens. hundred counties. Dozens, dozens in, in each, each county. county. Yeah. yeah, so that's not bad. The um, What's interesting, though, is the entire county will have their uh, reporting delayed for that hour. So it'll be interesting because in Wilson County, there's going to be a lot of uh, close races. I'm trying to think, is uh, is the Sandy Smith Don Davis, uh, does she cover Wilson County? I think she might. I'm not I think so. <laughs> the, these new congressional districts are, you know. Well, they change. you got to have a map in front of you. I mean, you got to look at you know, every crossroad, basically. Uh, ECU came out with their last survey of the uh, election season. They have got um, Bud maintaining his lead over Beasley, 52% to 46%. So uh, I, I guess that was the same. It was uh, just yes. a couple of weeks, uh, mm-hmm. six percentage 6%. points. So uh, that that is being maintained. Um, interestingly, we do have results in for one area of the United States, uh, United States Territory. Guam. Guam sends uh, one non-voting delegate to Congress. That delegate has always been a Democrat going back to 1993 when that began. That is no longer true. Republican James Moylan defeated his Democrat opponent and became the first GOP pickup in Congress. Again, non-voting doesn't mean a lot, but um, it, it might be an indicator of what's going to happen for the rest of the country. First time. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's, but the, the interesting part of the story was this guy Moylan had trailed in exit polling by 13 points, mm-hmm. one by five points. <laughs> How do you get that wrong by almost 20 percentage points? Well, well, there you go with who does the exit polling. I mean, who are you talking to? Yeah. Is it you talking to people that you think, you know, are, are you you know, asking them beforehand? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of – I don't know. That industry is um, – is ripe with uh, bad information. The uh, situation across the country. Uh, I mean, okay, you can. On one hand, you can say, "Well, there's only Tom. You're only bringing three examples." But it is beyond the pale to me that you could have major screw ups, especially in Maricopa County, Arizona. <laughs> you would think they would take the lead from Florida from 2000 with the you know the hanging Chad incident, and yeah. Florida just completely revamped everything. And you hear no problems out of Florida now, but again. Arizona officials in Maricopa County said that there are roughly 20% of the polling sites were experiencing issues with tabulation machines. Voting machines in uh, that county were reported to be malfunctioning. Nevertheless, election officials insist that voters are still able to cast valid ballots despite the fact that a large number of ballots are being misread. 
quote, we have two tabulators. One of the tabulators is not working. The other tabulator is taking about 75% successful. So 25% of them are being misread. Now, this is just one precinct. But uh, here's the audio of the election worker making the announcement. And uh, if you, parts of it are hard to hear. I'll tell you exactly what they said at the end of this audio. Go ahead. That's cut one. So what happens is we have two tabulators. One of the tabulators is not working. Okay. The other tabulator is taking about 75% successful. So 25% of them are being misread. And it could be a printer issue. Um, or it could be the tabulator itself. So when it's misread, you have an option to put it into what's called box three, and it gets read, whether it goes downtown and gets read manually, or whether it gets refed in into our tabulator. You don't want to adjudicate. get read, no. okay? So no one's trying to <laughs> deceive anybody. Of course not, not on election day. That would never happen, right? No, that would never happen. So, so choices are, you know, you guys, Sure. If I get up there and that happens to my ballot, can I take my ballot with me and go somewhere else? Do not leave the premises with the ballot. Sorry. And there's not, there's not even a Because I don't trust to go in a box. The box may never make no. it out there. No. No way. The choices. I'll come back. The choices. The choices. So at the end of the audio, the woman asks, okay, can I fill out my ballot and can I take it down to election headquarters and hand it to them to be tabulated and he says no no there's no way you're not allowed to leave the premises with your ballot but trust us take your ballot and put it in box three and we'll take care of it for you i mean i'm sorry how do you screw this up after now major screw-ups in maricopa county two years ago you've had two years of dress rehearsal two years and first thing this morning it starts screwing up. It's unbelievable. I mean, this is just absolute mess beyond the pale. And you, you know what? You've got to come to the conclusion. I, I'm sorry. I've thought about it and thought about it today. I've come to the conclusion this has got to be deliberate. There's no way you can be that stupid, that incompetent after two years to prepare for this. That here you go, you know, that start the race and immediately the wheels fall off the car. But then again, it's government. Uh, yeah, they're incompetent. <laughs> but you know, we, we, I mean, we're not a third world nation. <laughs> I mean, it, it's well, it, you know, we, maybe we should be. Yeah. Could we use paper ballots and put your thumb in the uh, in the ink jar to prove that you voted? I mean, with the technology we have today, and and they, to your point, they've had two years to prepare because they were some of the you know, biggest screw ups in the 2020 election. You would think. You would think the people in Arizona, which, by the way, the person that's in charge of elections is Arizona, is running for governor, by the way. <laughs> so, And she would not recuse herself from that's any right. of this. That's right. No, you're right. Hobbs. So guess what? Who is the first person? When I turn on the computer this morning, Maricopa County is having a problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah. oh, yeah. my goodness. Hobbs is secretary of state, uh, state down there. And yeah, she's running. And, 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 he, the, and this is the state where you've got an extremely close governor's race. And you're right. Hobbs has got a conflict of interest. You've got an extremely uh, close race for the U.S. Senate. Another area where there's a close race is up in Pennsylvania. Voters in Pennsylvania's Lucerne County are claiming the voting machines ran out of paper this morning. They ran out of paper. I mean, how can you be this darn incompetent? How do you run out of freaking paper? I mean, give me a break. 
And in Pennsylvania, you probably have a, I don't know, you might have a story on it, but you know, Mark Elias is filing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's working for Fetterman now. Working for Fetterman, filing lawsuits in Pennsylvania because that he wants to change the rules yep. after the election same starts. darn thing that they did down in north carolina was it two, uh, four, two years ago yeah two years ago and everywhere how many what he filed over 300 lawsuits in 2020 yep. yep yep um now what did you remember back when the dominion voting machines fiasco mm-hmm. remember dominion voting machines they first of all they said well you know there's no way that they're tied to the internet no 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 that's 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 crazy they're not they, you, you can't tie them to the internet then they found out well yeah you can and they said well yeah but they weren't they weren't tied to the internet <laughs> voters in mercer county new jersey in mercer county new jersey all the Dominion voting machines failed at the same time. Now, how in the heck can they, these machines be autonomous Yeah, and they all fail at the same time? In other words, oh, they're not connected to the Internet. No, 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 we'd never do that. And they all go down at the same time. They all go down, and they all go down at the same time. <laughs> and you're going to sit there and tell me, oh, no, they're fine. They're good. They're good. Again, I'm sorry. I, th- this is, uh, all, again... In Pennsylvania, you have had two years to get enough paper. <laughs> in, yeah. in, in New Jersey, where, where the Dominion voting machines have been under the microscope for the last two years. Yeah, and, and how, how can we be to a point where we can't count ballots by election night when in the past for so many years and so many precincts we had paper exactly. ballots exactly. and they got rolled up to the county, all the precincts rolled yep. up the county, yep. and you know what? By eight o'clock, we okay, knew. we knew. I mean, it but, would. It would. There was a couple of, in my lifetime. There's been a couple of exceptions. I'm trying to remember which which one it was, but I remember going to bed and uh, waking up the next morning, and they still hadn't figured out. You know, they figured it out by like ten o'clock that morning. It was a presidential race, I believe. But yeah, but you're right. And here, the big difference is they didn't cheat back then. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, the, the, you had different opinions, you had different political persuasions, but people thought, well, yeah, but you don't cheat. You, you can't cheat. This is the United States of America. We've got a certain obligation to to uphold the laws of this country, and now they don't give a damn. And and, and you know, r- rules matter. The rule of law matters. Um, and with Mark Elias, you know, filing this lawsuit in Pennsylvania, you know, to question things. After the election has already started, trying to change the rules after election has already started. I mean, it's kind of like it's probably a bad analogy, but it's, it's like playing golf. You know, there there's some rules in golf that you kind of scratch your head, but then you have to think about it. Think about hitting the ball in the fairway, and you land in a divot. Well, is it a sandfield divot or was it a just a poorly repaired divot? Can I change the rule for a poorly repaired divot versus sand sandfield divot? You when you know what golf? Well, I do, but... You know what golf says? Golf says don't move the damn ball. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's that yeah, simple. Yeah. And don't change the rules after things happen. Yep. Bingo. I mean, good gracious. We're going to take a time out. We come back. Uh, the DOJ, Biden's DOJ, under the direction of Merrick Garland, they are trying to send their guys into uh, states and counties and precincts that they say there's, a, there's an issue here. And uh, thank goodness we've got some strong conservatives in those counties that said, not here, bud. Go away. We don't want you. We'll talk about that when we get back. Uh, I'm 
keeping left-wing Democrats from running roughshod over American values. Your values. Uh, what am I doing here? Your voice. America's dead. Just lunacy. This is Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Democrats, they're about to get some consequences. Welcome back in. It is Election Day 2022. 135 years ago, Wyatt Earp's friend Doc Holliday died of tuberculosis in a sanitarium in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. What was his last words? Pass me the laudum, I guess. <laughs> I'll be damned. Is that what was his last words? He died. He looked up and saw he, he didn't have his boots on. He said, I'll be damned. He didn't die with his boots on. Hmm. 36 years old. 62 years ago, 1960, John Kennedy defeated Richard Nixon, became the first Catholic president. Um, we, uh, we will see what happens tonight. It is looking very optimistic as long as the cheating doesn't uh, happen again. Yes, I said it again. A quick look at your weather forecast. Low tonight of 49, mainly clear skies. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 67. Thursday, a high near 75. Rain comes in late and steady. Thursday night, a low of 67. Chance of rain, 80% on Thursday night. And uh, actually, the rain will probably start sometime Thursday afternoon. So uh, get ready for uh, what will be a tropical storm. But uh, Friday will be uh, uh, basically a washout. The sun comes out sometime on Saturday. And uh, Sunday, not looking too bad. A little cool, cool and crisp, high on Sunday, but only 55 degrees. Looking ahead to the uh, weekend weather. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Country Club. Whether you're looking to spend your fall courtside or greenside, Ironwood Golf and Country Club offers a variety of memberships tailored to fit your lifestyle with no initiation fees. Headed to the beach? Pack your clubs because Ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort and Compass Point Golf Club in Magnolia Greens located near Wilmington. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle, 252-752-4653. Join in the fun at Ironwood today. And by the way, if your uh, company is planning a Christmas party, give uh, Jenna a, uh, Doyle a call. Again, that number is 752-4653 and... Uh, they will take care of you. One of the prettiest venues in, uh, I'll say it, in the entire state. That is a gorgeous country Great club. view looking down at, uh, what, eight, 18, 18 Green. Fairway, yeah. Fairway yeah, and Green. Yeah, yeah. So Merrick Garland's Department of Justice, under the guidance of, well, it's not under the guidance of Biden, but uh, <laughs> Biden happened to be in the White House. <laughs> um, he was came out today and said, you know what, we're going to send um, a bunch of our folks to monitor certain jurisdictions within certain states. The memo released the day before election came out yesterday, named 64 jurisdictions in 24 states where employees from the Department of Justice's Civil Rights Division voting section, U.S. Attorney's offices, and the Office of Personnel Management will monitor the process according to the memo. The Civil Rights Division voting section enforces the civil rights provision of the federal statutes that protect the right to vote. The Division of Disability Rights enforces Americans with disabilities to ensure that they have the right opportunity to vote. The Division of Criminal section enforces federal criminal statutes that prohibit voter intimidation and voter suppression based on race, color, national origin, or religion. So why wasn't the Department of Justice up there in Philadelphia? Was it uh, 18 years ago when the Black Panthers are out there with, uh, you know, basically baseball bats in their hand? Send them to Durham County. 
Yeah. <laughs> the Department of Justice deployed monitors in elections previously. In 2016, it deployed more than 500 employees in 67 jurisdictions. 2020, the Civil Rights Division monitored 44. Early Tuesday morning, the Florida Department of State sent a letter to the DOJ saying no. They banned the agency monitors from polling places in the state. According to the memo, DOJ monitors were not allowed inside the polling places under the Florida statute that lists who was allowed in polling places. This year, the DOJ targeted Miami-Dade, Palm Beach, and Broward counties for observation. Uh, The DOJ notice this year has raised the ire of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, said he was researching state law to prevent the DOJ from entering polling places. Um, Back in Florida, um, Department of State Brad McVeigh asked for clarification for the intrusion. Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ascroft also asserted that the state's law reserved the right to determine who, other than voters and poll watchers, can enter polling places. Cole County Clerk Steve Korsemeyer declined to allow the DOJ to enter polling locations in his county and received Ashcroft's support. In a Twitter thread, Ashcroft said the DOJ was welcome to visit his office to discuss things further, but placing federal agents in polling locations on Election Day was inappropriate. Merrick Garland's DOJ appears to be weaponizing against Republicans and conservatives. Uh, you, you got the January 6th investigation. You got uh, the opposition to parents at school board meetings. Um, and now they're going to basically look at uh, precincts where Republicans uh, will be dominant. You know, it's, it's, it's curious that the Democrats have, uh, in recent weeks, have been complaining that uh, conservatives are doing all this voter intimidation. <laughs> and yet I think thou protesteth too much as you send your DOJ agents into the precincts. God, three cheers for Florida, Missouri, and uh, Texas. Daily Caller is reporting Republican Arizona candidate Blake Masters believes that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell should be replaced with new leadership. Thank you, Blake Masters. Agree. <laughs> Man, I agree. I mean, first of all, he comes out and says of his own candidates that we don't have some very good candidates running. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he turns around and takes money away from some of the candidates that, guess what? They very well might win their races. Guess what, Mitch? Had you actually contributed to the cause, they'd even be in better shape. You know, I now I'm looking forward to a red wave. I would really look forward now, although, you know, I believe in miracles. This might be asking for too much. Please, could we have a number of people follow Blake Masters' advice? <laughs> could we please have someone other than Milktoast Mitch McConnell? I, I don't know what it's going to take to for the Senate. It, you know, if we get if the Republicans gain control of the Senate, I don't know what it's going to take to get rid of Mitch McConnell. I mean, they always brag about this and that, but he's he's terrible. He's been terrible for the last, oh, well, really since 2020. The uh, the only thing he did well under Trump was he got the he he got a lot of judicial judges through the confirmation process. Uh, that, that, I mean, that's going to be his legacy. But listen, it, it's going to be hard because we don't have the White House. Let's assume we have the House <clears throat> and the Senate, which I think we will. Uh, after tonight, and of course they'll take office in January. I think we will be fine, but we got to do something. 
if we want to win at the White House two years later, we've mm-hmm. got to do something. And I'm a little leery of Kevin McCarthy. I am absolutely leery of Mitch McConnell. Yeah, and I you talk about doing something, and you may disagree, and others might disagree, but and doing something means other than going off after you know a, a witch hunt against Democrats, right. which it's really not a, a witch hunt. I mean, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of there there, but let's you know let's worry about that later. People are electing yeah, yeah, yeah. if if the Republicans if if there's a truly a red wave tonight, it's because American voters said, you know what. We care about these three or four things, and you've been talking about them. Now, as soon as the election's over, don't do something completely right. different, or right. two years from now, you're going to get right. your mess handed to you. I, and I, you know, hopefully they can walk and chew gum at the same time. Hopefully they can deal with some of those issues that you're referring to that, that, that the abuse of power by certain Democrats, and they can, you know, go after the Anthony Fauci's and et cetera. But at the same time, you got to get, you got to do something about energy. You got to do something right. about the inflation. You got to do something about the economy. You got to do something about crime. <clears throat> That's why the Republicans are being uh, elected today. And if they don't, if they don't address those things and constantly be beating the the bully pulpit and forcing Democrats to come alongside of them, I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be such a blatant shellacking of the Democrats that they, they will capitulate with Republican ideas. But you're right. If if all they do is beat up the other side, it will be two years and they're going to be done. I, you know, I, and I'm not as optimistic as you are about a shellacking, but but the Republicans really need to win this going away by a couple of touchdowns because it's they have got to put the brakes on the, the Biden administration. And, and it's not really Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden's not competent enough to understand what his game plan is. It's the game plan of the far left arm of the of the democrat party that is intent on destroying america and and if if it's if it's a big enough red wave then you've got to slow down those those uh those those that arm of the party but the problem is when the republicans beat some i mean if they if there is a red wave they're going to be beating some kind of some some moderate democrats so what are that those moderate democrats going to be replaced with does, does it embolden the far left democrats so I don't know. This this every, everyone says at every election that this is the most important oh, yeah. election, but it, it's never been like this before. Yeah. What the ramifications of if the of, I, I, if I, I, the I, Democrat Party remains in complete control? I do not know where we're going in this country. Now, people might think this is an overstatement, and granted, I wasn't alive during the war between the states, the war of northern aggression, the Civil War, but. The, the partisan divide is hard to imagine a time in our nation other than right now and going back to the Civil War that there was such a partisan divide. It just I, – I, I just – in my lifetime, this is the worst it's ever been. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's bad. Um, but, you know, you talk about moderate Democrats. Uh, we we got to take a time out. When we come back, Joe Manchin is backpedaling. And Joe Manchin, it's too little too late. We'll talk about that when we get back. collection of question marks. There's a lot of questions. Why? How? No logic, no reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Worst nightmare of their lives. This long nationwide 
nightmare. We'll start collecting clues as to the whys, the what's, and the where's. Neighborhood by neighborhood. Literally knocking on doors. This is your worst nightmare. The nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Worst nightmare. We will not end the nightmare. We'll only explain it. Explain to us. Because this. This. This is News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in Election Day 2022. Just going over our predictions and... Uh, Benny actually asked this about two weeks ago, maybe. And uh, yep, it was two weeks ago, and we said uh, at the time, I, you know, I think we agreed on everything, but I, I did not think Republicans would take control of the U.S. Senate. I feel a little differently now. Polls have switched a lot, but uh, you said there would be over a twenty twenty House member pickup by the Republicans. And- yeah, I, I think I think we'll have a, th- a thirty seat majority over the democrats uh i think we'll probably have 53 maybe 54 in the senate i think we'll take the uh, two um north carolina supreme court seats i think we'll have a super majority in the house and the senate in the north carolina house and senate so i think uh and i i would say that that's a tsunami i would say that's a it's certainly a red wave uh maybe tsunami's uh, too strong of a term but it's certainly a significant red wave I'll be interested to watch. And in fact, um, I think it was Dallas Woodhouse had a Carolina Journal article about it. Uh, some things to watch for, and and I'm not certainly don't know what Dallas Woodhouse knows, but but a couple of counties he mentioned in North Carolina that I thought was was something I paid attention to last election was you know counties that Trump won previous election lost the 2020 election, New Hanover County and Nash County. So, and he named a couple more, but you know that that's kind of a good indication to me. Um, you know, New Hanover County certainly can can lean purple, but they went for Trump one time, didn't in twenty twenty. When you start looking at these counties that voted against Trump in twenty twenty, and if they if they early on their way leaning Republican, then I think it may be a red wave. And, and there's counties all over America like that you can look at, but but yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned with. You know, Georgia, I don't think with the, the the election shenanigans that went on last time, we may not have that this time, but we may have a really close election. I'm afraid places like Georgia and Pennsylvania especially, we might, may not know anything tonight, maybe even tomorrow. Well, Next Georgia, day. if it's close enough, neither, neither uh, candidate gets 50%, there'll be a runoff. That's right. And that, I'm, and that may very well be that close in that race. And, and I'm also <laughs> concerned um, – you know, I'm concerned with like places that you you should count on, like Utah with Mike Lee, where you've got Mitt Romney and and um, uh, Mitch McConnell that has not come out and not vocal- done anything for Mike anything Lee. and vocally supported him. I, I can't believe Mitt Romney could not come out and no, vocally support no, no. Mike Lee when you got a candidate that's planning to be a. Uh, he's, he says he's an independent, but he's raised millions oh, of dollars of Democrat. Democrat. He's no. a Democrat. I mean, this is how out of touch Mitch McConnell is. I would, I'd, I would, I'd be very happy if Mike Lee was the head of the Senate. Oh, absolutely. Now, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I would, I would be tickled pink to see him in there. And then you got, you know, uh, you know, I, Ohio. I don't, I don't know if Ohio is a given or not. I mean, a lot of the polls have gotten stretched well, out. But the, it, the latest poll I've seen was uh, DJ Vance, uh, JD Vance. Uh, is that right? they, JD, JD Vance? JD yeah, Vance yeah. was uh, up by I think like eight or nine percentage points. It was, it was, it was, it was the latest one I saw was that's, a pretty that's, widespread. That's really stretched out. But uh, so, 
you know, 52, 53, 54 could be possible if those things happen. Um, But I'm really waiting to see if the people in Pennsylvania are as bad as I think it is or if Pittsburgh and Philly really is just so powerful in numbers that they're going to just vote Democrat regardless if the guy can complete a sentence or not. You know, at Pittsburgh, I, I went to school for a year up in Beaver Falls. I mean, this was decades ago. But Pittsburgh, and I've been been back since, it, it is a union town. But it's a, it, you know, the, the people have common sense there. Now, uh, again, it's a, it's a big union town. You know, steel mills were, you know, the where uh, that's how the Steelers got their name, obviously. I, I just can't believe the people in Pittsburgh would be that crazy to vote for Fetterman. Yeah, and plus, you know, people that don't follow this stuff closely, uh, I mean, you have to give it to the Fetterman campaign. The Democrats, of course, they've got the media in the bag. They've done a good job of hiding him for as long as they oh, yeah, could. Yeah. It really wasn't kind of a nationally known thing until that NBC reporter kind of exposed him in the yeah, interview. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe they may not have the information on him. Speaking of hiding in the basement, Joe Biden called it a day at 1124 this morning saying there will be no more news coming out of the Oval Office. Uh, he was very busy. Last night he was up in Maryland uh, <clears throat> encouraging people to come out and vote for the de- uh, Democrat gubernatorial candidate Wes Moore. And you know, things are bad for Biden when the only invite he can get is to come out and campaign in Maryland for a Democrat running for governor. I mean, there, there's probably one or two states that are more liberal than Maryland, but it's in the top top five. Well, you know, that, that news, that news uh, I did not ignore that news, the White House saying that basically they're shut down at 11:30 this morning that tells me because we talk about it all the time they've got so much more better information than what the yeah, general public yeah, has yeah, and yeah. then what you see on tv that tells me they're runaway and hiding and they're they're planning a they're planning okay what what's what's tomorrow gonna be what what is their excuse they're gonna blame everything on republicans okay that th- you know things things can't get any better because republicans are blocking everything we're trying yeah, to do they're yeah. They've got it. They're working on a losing game plan. Well, and they have not announced. And every president has come out the next day. You remember Obama came out and talked about how the shellacking he got. Uh, uh, Clinton came out you know, after he got his shellacking and, you know, he bit his lip and laughed and yuck, yuck it up. But, you know, and Clinton actually changed. I mean, he was one of the few Democrats that actually came out and said, you know, we need to we need to change course here. <laughs> well, I mean. He kind of—I mean—he didn't have any power, so he was going to either go go out of history as a one-term president yep. that did nothing, or either he could take some credit for some good ideas yep. that the Republicans had. And I mean, you got from a political standpoint, you got to say, heck, Bill Clinton was politically very savvy. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden was it uh, on uh, the rally up in New York? I guess it was on Monday. It was over the what weekend. happened? No, it was over the weekend. It was probably on Sunday. Yeah, yeah when he was uh, campaigning for the governor up yeah. in New York. Hochul. Hochul. He comes Hochul. out. He comes out and uh, says no more drilling. Um, Joe Manchin is now all upset because he said no more drilling, and he was going to shut down the coal plants. We're going to shut them down. Shut yeah. them down. And. Now Joe Manchin acts as if, oh, my gosh, I'm so shocked. I'm so surprised. (laughs) I mean, he released a scathing statement after Biden pledged to shutter the coal plants. He said, quote, President Biden's comments are not only outrageous and divorced from reality. They ignore the severe economic pain the American people are feeling because of the rising energy cost. 
Comments like these are the reason why the American people are losing trust in President Biden and instead believes he does not understand the need to have an all-in energy policy that would keep our nation totally energy dependent and secure. Now, good comments, but Joe Manchin, it's too little, too late. It was your vote for perhaps the worst bill in the history of American economics. It was your vote that allowed it to pass the Inflation Reduction Act. Everybody knew what it was. Don't act surprised and disappointed now. Listen, the only reason now, I mean, maybe he does, you know, now he's shocked. But I think more than anything else, he is hearing from the people of West Virginia and saying, Joe Manchin, if we knew you were this dumb, if we knew you were this liberal, if we knew you were this much of a socialist and and to kiss Joe Biden's rear end like you've done, you're done in politics in West Virginia. I mean, West Virginia is a conservative state. And uh, I think Joe uh, Joe Manchin has just uh, realized I, I have totally stepped in it. He tries to play this moderate, you know, Mr. Mr. Joe Manchin, I'm going to be on, you know, I'm, the, I'm the, the, the guy that can get along. We can hold everybody's hand and we can get something going <laughs> forward. Joe Manchin, I, I'm sorry. It's too little too late. We don't want to hear it. As as John Kennedy from Louisiana says, he can talk a dog off a meat wagon, but he can't talk. He can't talk his way out of this one. It, you know that act, Inflation Reduction Reduction Act, should have been more appropriately called the Mansion West Virginia yeah. Payoff Act because yeah. that's all it was. Yeah. How much did he get? How, what was it, what was his personal windfall? Yes, yes, that's what I said. What well, is his personal windfall? Well, when it happened, I, I opined uh, that it was. It was a promise that he would be the Democrat nominee for to, for the next election. That's what the payoff was. I don't think he is now. I, don't I think, think he's he done. Now. I think no. he's done. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in News and Views for Election Day 2022. And... Uh, you know, in closing, uh, I have to say that uh, I, I'm really – we had a long discussion about this off the air today. I, I, I really like Donald Trump. I really like Donald Trump's policies. And, I, I, you know, I want to be able to find good things in Donald Trump to, uh, to get behind him. And I thought he was, I thought he was a great president. And I, I like the fact that he plays hardball. But I have to confess, I am, I am so disappointed – and what he said about Ron DeSantis, calling him Ron DeSanctimonious yeah. at a rally in Ohio, uh, I, I just, it, it really bothers me. And I don't think he's helping his cause. I, no. I really do not. I'm, I'm not just saying this just to, you know, give Donald Trump a bad name, but I'm politically, it's like, what are you thinking about? I mean, he could have said a lot of things that would have still allowed him, Donald Trump, to be the top dog without saying anything negative about Ron DeSantis. I mean, he could have just come out and said, you know what? He would be really, uh, he'd be a great running mate. You know, maybe that's something I ought to think about. Or he'd really be good on a ticket somewhere. Mm-hmm. He's doing a fantastic job. But to come out and say, oh, you mean Ron DeSanctimonious, I, that, is, that is so inappropriate and i frankly i think he's hurting his own cause i really do i just i just think the guy is um and you you, you hear that and you think you know trump are, are you that 
narcissistic that you've got to say that kind of stuff well i think the, yeah the answer to that is yes <laughs> but you know Trump, all, to your point about DeSantis, all he would have had to say he said he could have just said you know ron DeSantis. Uh, the the Republican Party is lucky to have Ron DeSantis on, yes. on the side. That's all he had to Bingo. say. Bingo. That's all he had to say. That's not making a, you know, that, hey, Ron DeSantis is a better presidential candidate than me or, right. or, or less than me. Just that Republican Party is lucky, lucky to have Ron DeSantis down in Florida. That's yeah. all he had to say. But he, he doesn't have it in him. I, you know, I may be wrong, and I'm sure we got a lot of listeners that uh, that are, you know, ardent Trump supporters. I'd vote for him if he's on the ticket. Absolutely. So, but I think if, if he gets in the race next time and Ron DeSantis gets in the race, I think Ron DeSantis will beat him like he rented mule in a primary. I really do. That would really be interesting. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of people. I, I do. Th- and listen, I, again, I like Donald Trump. It just it, it just aggravates the fool out of me that he would say something like that. Yeah, and for me to make such a bold statement, let me support it with at least a little bit of, little bit of intelligence here. Um, I mean, Donald Trump, when he won the primary, and of course – now we we've got four years of Donald Trump being president to kind of prove what he could do. I right. mean, we we do have that now, but what we didn't have in 2016. But when he won the Republican primary in 2016, you know, he didn't smoke Ted Cruz. I mean, right. it it was pretty close for right. a long, long time. And Ted Cruz, as much as I like him, he is about as likable as Hillary Clinton as far as a candidate. I, w- I wouldn't go quite that far, but I understand what but you're saying. But he's just not. Yeah. But he is no Ron DeSantis. No, I mean no. I'm telling you. And, and we, listen, if it's not Donald Trump, we need a governor to run. We do not need a senator. Senators make lousy presidents. Governors make great presidents. And uh, I'd love to see Ron DeSantis run. But uh, come on, Donald. I mean, we love you, but uh, come on. And look, Donald Don't Trump. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> Donald Trump has got plenty of reasons at, to keep him home and keep him happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and her name's Melania. One of them. <laughs> Hey, listen, you've got an hour and uh, 34 minutes, I think, to uh, get out. No, 33 minutes to get out and vote. Go do it. Make sure you uh, use your wisdom. And, vote. Don't uh, assume a victory. Vote. That's right. That's right. Get out and do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 5 o'clock. See you then. Bye-bye.